You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I mean, he had over six <laughs> yards of carry, and he had a touchdown, so <laughs> I mean, maybe they yeah, know more okay. than we do, but... Oh, don't, no, don't give them that much credit. <laughs> <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Curra, Brazilian Ty here with me. Ty, I gotta... I got to see where you are on this front. Mm-hmm. My diet in the summer, mm-hmm. way worse than the winter. Outside of those Christmas weeks, summer, I just fall off the wagon. It's pizza. It's fried chicken. It's all in 12 hours of each other. But you've fallen off the wagon, too. I, well, I mean, Coke is free in this camp. <laughs> Yeah, how do you turn that right? down? And it doesn't even taste that good because it's like crappy paper cups, but it's still caffeine. Um, <laughs> I, I I eat way worse in the summer, or I eat way worse in the winter than I do in the summer. I don't know what it is about the summer. I think I, I drink way more in the th- summer, especially this summer. <laughs> it was, I don't know, man. This was a hot summer, and I know uh, there's still three only, or four weeks oh, left. July but. was only the hottest recorded month ever. So I mean, there's that. Yeah, so that just makes me really lazy. That makes me not want to eat. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, I used to go on the Slurpee diet, where like weeks on end, I would just eat Slurpees. And it was the same, yeah, it, yeah, and you're just, yeah, it's the same coming out as it is going in. You actually would lose weight, though. <laughs> I Like, I don't recommend it, but I actually would lose weight. <laughs> Because and just and your pancreas. I mean, there's a lot of calories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this show is not dietary advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we never claimed it to be. <laughs> uh, this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Roomy. I know it's that time of year. If if you've got cold drafts in your place, flickering lights. And where's that leak coming from? If you've ever wondered what's really going on in your home, Rumi's Ask a Home Inspector service can help. Connect with a certified professional home inspector by phone or video call, and they'll answer your questions. Rumi will let you know what's easily fixable with a little DIY or when you might need to call in some professional help. Visit Rumi.ca, that's R-U-M-I dot C-A, and book your Ask a Home Inspector appointment today. Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em, and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click CFLFantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, Ty, week three's in the books, <laughs> it was definitely the most physical week. Yeah. And it, it, it feels like things are really getting in the swing here. Okay, we started Thursday night. The Edmonton Elks go into BC and win 21-16. We're still trying to figure out what each of these teams were. The Lions actually ended up being favored going into this one after the Elks performance in the first two games of the year. And it, it didn't look good for Edmonton, Ty. We got, we got news about 24 hours before kickoff that Kwaku Boateng was not going to be able to play on the D-line, but that didn't affect them at all. No, and, and when you look at that, it seems like a huge loss. And it is. I mean, let's not discount what he does for that team, and especially being a Canadian, he's, he's a ratio buster, right? Uh, but the rest of that defensive line and that front seven stepped up and, you know, they, they filled the hole and they played really well. And, and that defense only allowed 16 points and you're going to win a lot of games if that's all you're going to allow. I get that there was uh, Joel Figueroa going down mm-hmm. um, and, and that was big for the BC offensive line, but it, it almost just seemed like a throwback right to 
2019 when yeah. Michael Riley just had zero time back there. He's getting hammered, and and Edmonton actually finished a few drives here and there. I mean, yeah. they've been able to move the ball. They got the leading passer in the league, the leading rusher in the league. They just haven't been able to finish drives. They had that 108 yard drive in the first half against BC that actually ended in a touchdown. Exactly. When, when they finished that drive, it's like, hey, the, the Elks are on to yeah. something here. <laughs> and, and I was hoping it was just a one-off because I had BC. <laughs> so, but don't get me wrong. I was happy it was Mike Jones. But right, yeah, it, right. It, was, it was nice to see them finally finish, finish a drive, and especially one where they were backed up. They started at their own two. Uh, you know, they, they drive down the field. Yeah. They actually finish it with with a touchdown instead of settling for a field goal or having to punt. And, you know, it, it was, it was starting to feel like all oh, the more things change, the more they stay the same, like year after year with the, with these drives, not finishing and the special teams letting them down and all that stuff. And it just seemed like now there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Speaking of special teams, the game started with a big return from Chris Rainey. And I'm mm-hmm. sure Edmonton fans were thinking, Oh no, here we go, yeah. and it, it was there was one point in the game where Jamie Elizondo was just giving it to the special teams coordinator Chris Rippin, who ended mm-hmm. up just coming into the job halfway through June. Turns mm-hmm. out after the game, he's out of a job. Uh, he he lasts three games as the Elk special teams coordinator, and the special teams still needs work. Other than let's face it, their field goal kicker. Yeah, we we saw this in. I believe it was 2019 when they fired the last special teams coordinator they had. Uh, you, know, you get the dead cap bounce for a game or two, and then it went right back to the norm. I just The personnel is the same. I know there's different schemes they can come up with on cover teams and stuff. I just don't see it changing uh, right away. I think you know a game or two, it might be a little better. Just It's a new voice and, and new stuff uh, in meetings, but I, I don't see it uh, you know, turning a 180. It has been... A struggle for several years for mm-hmm. Edmonton. They end up making signing after signing. They bring in, you know, talented returners that have had success uh, with other special teams units, other teams. <laughs> Similar thinking with Terry Williams. Great yeah. career in Calgary. Thinking he'd just be able to head north on the QE2 and have the same success, but they cannot get a thing going at all. No, and I don't know. Like I mean, he's got 207 kick return yards. He's average, so he's averaging 20.7. He's at 92 punt yards. Like I, we know what he can do. We've seen it. We saw him in the Grey Cup. We, like he can, he can be a really good returner. And I, I just don't know if it's the personnel in front of him. I don't know if it's actually the, the coordinator's fault. Like it just doesn't make any sense. As far as Edmonton goes, I, I think we need to shout out, and we did already kind of touch on it. The defensive line, Thomas Costigan. Mm-hmm. He might play his way into forcing Edmonton to changing the ratio on the defensive line. He kind of rotated with Betts and Boateng yep. while all three were healthy and able to play, but Betts might end up... I, I know they want to go all Canadian on the DNs, but if he keeps playing the way he's playing, <laughs> they they yep. might have to change what they want to do there. And not a terrible problem to have if you got guys that can play like that. But like no. you said, the, ra- the ratio definitely is going to come into effect with that. As far as BC goes, man, 12 penalties, 122 oh yards. It just seemed as... And that'll kind of be the theme for a few teams this week. Um, that was just the theme of the week for the league. It, yeah, it that's like. true. As soon as they would get something going, Shaq Cooper had six carries mm-hmm. for 35 yards, which right under six yards a carry, but he'd, he'd get you know a big gain and there'd be a holding call. He had a 20-yard run come off the board because of, uh, of a penalty, and BC needs to clean that up. I mean, <laughs> coming off their game against Calgary, it, it just looked yep. like they were going to be able... And I know Edmonton's defense has had success um this season they're 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 tough to play against but the way bc played against calgary uh whitehead durant uh burnham all involved in the offense and really Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. none of them got going there were 63 yards between whitehead and burnham and then 53 for durant but i mean 128 yards for riley that's not going to get it done no, fi- 15 completions on 25 attempts. 
you know, he, he had the rushing touchdown. That, that's not Michael Riley yeah. numbers that we're used to seeing. Uh, like you said, with the with Figueroa going down, that defensive line, the, what it was uh, on the Edmonton side of the ball, made it really tough for him. He he took a he took some hits, uh, but when you're when you're not you're not when you're throwing for 128 yards and it's really just the three guys, like it's pretty easy to shut that down. It wasn't a good fantasy night for anybody on BC's side of the ball. Yeah, I had Riley, Rainey, and Burnham. Ask me how Ooh. I did. Um, well, I know how I did. I didn't. I didn't see you at the top of the leaderboard, so I didn't scroll <laughs> yeah, down that far. Shut up, <laughs> dude. You would be still scrolling if you're trying to find. There's me. people that did that only filled out a partial lineup that are probably ahead of you. Guaranteed, because they forgot. They forgot to f- put more guys in Friday and Saturday. <laughs> There was somebody who had like fifty. There was somebody who had fifty six points or something like that, with no run, with a running back slot empty and a wide receiver spot empty, and I think a defense empty. Well, I, I still would have beat them. They 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 had enough money left to to fill those. I just don't know what happened there. Interesting. I, I mean, I would I should have picked Greg Ellingson this week. Nine catches on yep. ten targets, one hundred and forty eight yards. There he is, and he was making the tough catches in traffic. It was clear mm-hmm. they wanted to get him involved in the game, and they finally did. Yeah, and I think last year or last year, sorry, uh, last week. I mean, what would he have? One target, one catch. Yeah, like, one yard. <laughs> it, well, yeah, he had one point one points last week, right? So. It was it was tough to take him this week. Uh, if you did, good good for you. Like that's unreal. Uh, you knew the targets were going to come. You knew the catches were going to come at some point. Uh, and you know, after the week they had last week, I think that the game plan was to get him way more involved than he was last week, and it and it worked out. He was the second highest scoring wide receiver uh, on the week. I don't know how teams are going to be able to stop James Wilder Jr. I don't think they will. 127 yards on the ground, including, you know, at the end of the game, BC Mm -hmm. had a chance, if they could get the ball back to uh, make this an interesting game, six straight runs to Wilder, no answer at all, just beating down that defense late in the game. Yeah, and that's what you need to do. You need to kill clock. You need to have a guy who's going to protect the ball, uh, you know, is able to carry that workload. Uh, when your team has a lead, and that's what they found in James Wilder Jr. And you know he's leading the league. Uh, he comes through this week, and like you said, 22 carries for 127 yards, doesn't get a touchdown, uh, adds in four catches for 33 yards, still ends up with 20 points on the week, second highest, and and really sealed the win for for the Elks. As far as off the field stuff goes in BC, uh, the Lions introducing a new owner. It was I think the day before the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Amar Doman, and he's saying all the right things. He's saying he knows it's not going to be an overnight thing to rebuild the Lions brand in Vancouver. He, yep. he, he has said he's willing to write checks. I mean, this guy's saying all the right things. It, it's a positive thing, I think, for the CFL that a local entrepreneur in Vancouver Wanted to take over the Lions. He's been a mm-hmm. lifelong fan. He's been interested in owning them for a while. It, it looks to me like he knows it's going to be uh, some work ahead of him, but he's willing to do the work. That's that's positive news for the Lions, I think. Right, and I think that was the biggest thing uh, that we had talked about before is, is finding a local group or a local yeah. person that would be willing to take this on, uh, You know, willing to spend the money that, they're going to have to spend it. It's not just, you can't just do it with play on the field. You're going to have to spend money in the community. You're going to have to, you know, marketing and all that stuff. Uh, and, and you want to, you want a local group to do that because, you know, it, it's going to just help everybody in the long run. And they have that now. Like I said, he, he's not afraid to write checks. He knows it's not an overnight. It's not going to be a quick fix. He wants to build a team that's, you know, to, it's got to be Calgary. It, it, they want, a model of consistency. They want to build it up and, and to the point where, you know, they can be contending every year. And I, I think that from, from his interview, as much as people are going to bitch and moan that it was during a game, like, what do you want? Do you want, do you want to hear Glenn Suter or do you want to hear this interview? Because you can't like, people are going to bitch either way. Um, but at the same time, Ty, when is the, when is the time when most people are watching? A, a exactly. lot of people are going, making sandwiches, going to the bathroom during halftime. 
Like, <laughs> right? And, and you're not going to do this interview during Sports Center because how many people actually watch Sports Center after the game? It's you right. know, it's ten eleven. It's ten eleven o'clock on a Thursday night. Yeah. So people want their cake and eat it, and but they can't eat it too. Like everybody bitches about how much they hate Glenn Suter. So Glenn Suter doesn't do color for a drive, but because they interview a guy, and then they got to bitch about that. Like just shut up. It's on TV. You literally do not need the play-by-play. <laughs> it's the, it is in front of your face. Shut up and watch the damn game. And if you don't like it, turn on the radio. I'm yeah, there will be it. no interview I'm, during the play am, on the radio. <laughs> I am tired of it. Hey, this guy's involved in the lumber business, if you're wondering how well that's gone over the past year and a half or so. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> don't. Don't. Triggered. Uh, so, you saw what happened to BC when they had offensive line injuries. The Calgary Stampeders mm-hmm. going to this game with Montreal with two tackles on the offensive line making their first ever start jake yep. Mayer making his first ever start as the quarterback well he's not even a household name in his own house <laughs> holy hell rod peterson shut up <laughs> they beat the alouettes 28 22 this is this is just when you think you have the CFL figured out. The Alouettes favorites yeah. in this game looking great, looking well-oiled, we'll say, uh, against uh, Edmonton the week before. And mm-hmm. just everything flipped right on its side here. Now, yeah. early in the game, it's 14-3. to It's it's looking like, ooh, Maybe maybe the lines were right. Maybe things are going to happen here. The Montreal Alouettes gonna gonna win two games in a row to start the start the season. Yep. Jake Mayer threw a couple interceptions. To his credit, right back out there, still playing his game, and uh, for the rest of the game, he was solid. He, he looked good. I mean, it's his first game, so uh, so so good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, that Royce Mechie interception, when it looked like the Alouettes were going to go yep. up and kind of take this game away, the Stamps follow that up with a 100-yard drive, and the wheels fell off for Montreal after that point. And Vernon Adams Jr. started forcing the ball. You know, it was 20 for 42. He was. They weren't losing the game, you know, early. Like the, They started off with a run-heavy and it just kind of went away. Uh, but late in the game, especially in that fourth quarter, like, he was making passes that he didn't have to make. He's got William Stanback on a check down, you know, four lines from the line of scrimmage, or four yards from the line of scrimmage. That, you know, he catches it. It's an easy six, seven yards, stuff like that. And he's throwing in a double coverage. He, he focuses in on Eugene Lewis in the end zone. And it's just, it didn't go well. Um, that Calgary defense is, is for real. I, I don't think there was ever any real questions about that with the veterans they have there. Uh but, you know, when coming into this year, we expected big things from Montreal. And I, and I don't think one game is going to, you know, ruin the, those expectations. But 20-42 for 261, it, that's not a great stat line if you're Vernon Adams no. Jr. Uh, you know, in the last last drive of the game, he underthrows Quan Bray. I know he's kind of on the run, uh, but that's a play that, you, that he, everybody expects him to make. And then the throw to Eugene Lewis, it, it's it's a poor throw. Uh, there's no way that Eugene Lewis can catch that ball in bounds across the goal line. No. The only way it crosses the goal line is out of bounds. So guess what? That's not a touchdown. Um, so that's, that, that was a poor throw. I know he's under pressure and all that stuff too, but it was just, you know, he just didn't clutch up and it, it happens. I'm not saying that it, that he's not going to ever lead his team on a game-winning drive ever again, but it's just one of those, it, one of those nights where it looked like it was going to happen. It looked like they should have come back and they didn't. And, you know, the way the East is right now, it, it's really anybody's. It's up for grabs. It so I mean, one loss, one loss isn't going to kill them. Um, I still think they got a real good shot at first place. But I mean, there's lots that they can learn from this game too. Calgary, they beat up Montreal in the trenches, and they were beat up on the <laughs> old line. They ended up getting wow. beat up on the defensive line too. 
Well, they not only had to start two rookie tackles, and they lose another player because Tony Washington's a complete piece of crap. That Jarrell Owens injury didn't need to didn't need to happen, man. Tony Washington's full of <laughs> with his Twitter post. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke. For somebody that has uh, played in the CFL for as long as he has, he yep. he knows better, man. I I don't he, know what happened there. He, he just spit on our face and told us it was raining. That's what that was. That was an absolute joke. Like you could ser- you could end somebody's career with that. Yep. Yep. It was un- he, he didn't need to do it. Like, I don't get it. It's not like he was falling down and rolled up on a guy. He dove and rolled. Yeah. But why? Well, like as far as I'm concerned, that should have been a, that should have been he should have been ejected. I, that I was so mad. I'm not even I'm not even standing this. That was a pointless play. It, it gained nothing from it. It was like nope. the 2014 Grey Cup all over again with with the needless block in the back. It's just, you don't have to do it. Don't listen say that, oh, it was, you know, at live speed, we're playing a fast game. No, you knew exactly what you were doing. He, he knew. And, you know, he'll, he'll get his, as much as I don't want to say that. Like, guys aren't going to forget that. I'm, I'm surprised the game didn't get a lot more chippier than it did. It, that was an absolute joke. And then for Calgary, now it's with the changes to their offensive line, just at the start of the game, like I said, with two... Uh, rookie tackles and then he Owens goes down like it almost looks like it was set up for Montreal to come to for their defense to step up and their that old line was able to hold the fort I'll be honest I, I don't know the pronunciation on the name Falaran or Orimalad he ended up going down with a high mm-hmm. ankle uh, injury as well and Danny Austin writing in the Calgary Sun that <laughs> Derek Wigan and Mike Rose basically crawling off the field <laughs> at the end of the game. Wigan actually got a ride to the locker room in the back of one of those John Deere Gators. So I'm surprised that thing didn't break down. <laughs> that, that's more injuries on the Stampeder mm-hmm. defensive line, but they get the win here. That is what matters for the Stampeders who, I don't know, man, I'm not going to speak for you, but we did think Michael O'Connor was going to be the starter for uh, the Stamps mm-hmm. going into this game. Jake Mayer comes in. He throws for over 300 yards. He If if those two interceptions at the beginning of the game don't happen, it looks like a better night for him and uh, the Stampeders. Yeah. They probably win by a lot more uh, than six. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had the touchdown. He threw some beautiful balls there. Why am I surprised? <laughs> That the Calgary Stampeders just have another rookie quarterback that can just, yeah, <laughs> when he gets the call, go in and compete. Like yeah. th- there was a stat that Jake Mayer, Nick Arbuckle, Boley Vi Mitchell, all win their first start in the Canadian Football League. Uh, that's got to be rare in this league. Yeah, between Hoffnagel and Dave Dickinson, I think they know what they're doing. Um, yeah, yeah, we question it because everybody wants to see Michael O'Connor. Right, I mean, Canadian kid never started, but Jake Mayer. I mean, he hasn't started either. It's not like we've seen Michael O'Connor take snaps and perform. It, we weren't at practice. We don't. So everybody, you know, comes out and says, "Oh, Mayer started." Well, yeah, he, he obviously won the job, and Dave Dickinson even said he had a better practice. Uh, and practice matters to that team because it has to. That, that's how you, you know, stay on top of your game. Uh, the only the only issue with this stat, yeah, the two interceptions, but also you know just under or sorry, just over fifty percent passing. Yeah, uh, yeah, that needs to be cleaned up. Uh, the interceptions obviously don't help, but three hundred four yards uh, still had a TD. Not huge, not a huge fantasy week with twelve point seven points, but the, you got the one stat that mattered, and that was the W. Kadeem Carey, fourteen carries, sixty two yards, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Markeith Amble, a big game, hundred and thirteen yards on five catches. Josh Huff. 128 yards on five catches, 83-yard gain on that uh, flea flicker there. (laughs) Was it Calgary that Montreal used that play against in 2019? I do believe so, yes. The big gain there uh, from Josh Huff. I mean, yep, 
throwing the flea flicker right back in Montreal's face. So uh, mm-hmm. Dickinson and company has memories like elephants. Um, <laughs> Jake Winicky was... Uh, touchdown Jake. Yeah, touchdown Jake. 106 yards on eight catches. Look out for him this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, another just unreal... Unreal game. They seem to find him wherever. Like, I mean, yeah, he's, he's probably on your radar every week. Uh, just because he, like, what do you have? Nine touchdowns last year or last season or six? Yeah, he was. He, he uh, led, he he was led the team in touchdown receptions, if I remember correctly. Uh, his career average: ten point two points per game. That's going to start shooting up if he keeps putting up these numbers. Like he had twenty four point six points, led the way for wide receivers. Uh, you know, targeted twelve times. Him and Lewis, you know had the most targets uh, for Vernon Adams. Uh, but, I mean, Montreal, you can't take 16 penalties for 149 yards. No. Like th- no. They, that, that took them out of the – like, if they don't take some of those penalties, I mean, they they get the defense off the field. They they have better field position at some – like, it, it, they were just shooting themselves in the foot. And, you know, it cost them. Yeah. It was uh, not a clean game for Montreal. Their second no. game – of uh, the season, so I, I guess we can say all teams are through their preseason now. <laughs> yeah, that, that's <laughs> fair. Except the starters have played every snap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, except for Calgary, I guess, and BC. Yeah, but they got their looks. Uh, they got their looks. <laughs> now this next one, man. If anybody had a four-game parlay this week and they got every game right, props to you. Like. Uh-huh. <laughs> My three-game parlay went down the toilet Thursday night when uh, Edmonton beat yep. BC, but this one. Yep. Toronto Argonauts beating the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 30-23, and really, that score kind of flatters Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. At one point in the third quarter, they had 10 rushing yards. Oh, man. The Argos came out flying. They were playing fast on offense. They were playing fast mm-hmm. on defense. Natea J was killing it on color commentary on TSN radio. <laughs> That's good to hear. Good to hear. Now the Argos put up seven points the week before in Winnipeg. Here they're leading mm-hmm. 22-14 at the half. And Winnipeg's offense, this is kind of... Kind of... Going back to the days before Kalaros in Winnipeg, um, they had 233 total yards, and that that drive late in the fourth quarter was an 83-yard drive. I mean, <laughs> if they don't yeah. have that, oh, it looks even worse for the Bombers on offense. I mean, Olivier or Oliveira seven rush attempts. I know they weren't. What getting happened going, there? I I don't know. I, I had to listen on the radio. I was working, but it just seemed like nothing was happening. Nothing. And when they said his stat line, like, this team, I know Darwin Adams. I, the receiving core is really good. Darwin Adams was back. Kenny Lawler, Rashid Bailey. Uh, you know, these are guys that can make plays for you. But this, if you can't run the ball, team, it's going to be easier to shut down the pass. And they just, it seemed like they weren't willing to commit to it. Now, I know he didn't have a good start, but, I mean, we've seen this guy put up over 100 yards I just don't get how you abandon it this quick. Well, he had 22 carries in week one. Yeah, and then, and it's like Jacques Chapdelaine's running the offense in Winnipeg. <laughs> so next week it'll be 25 carries. Maybe it's the game flow. That they got behind Maybe. and they, they kind of abandoned it. It, but it is hard to run when you're behind, but, I mean, it was still early. It's CFL football. Yeah, you got you got time to run, and I mean, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Hamilton got ahead of them quick in week one as well, and they didn't uh, they they didn't lose their commitment to the run game there. No, Darvin Adams was getting into it uh, mm-hmm. to have him back. He had a fifty-one yard touchdown. There was another one where it appeared that he caught it. Uh, I think it was Tristan Deku was uh, the D back that he was battling with uh, all game long with the Argos. He he made another big catch. He gets knocked out of his hands. Uh, there was another moment where Adam Big Hill thought he had uh, forced a fumble on John White of the Argos, and it was called an incomplete pass. This kind of happened as well in the Saskatchewan Ottawa game. 
but they had said that he stepped out of bounds before mm-hmm. Linnaeus, I believe it was, lost the ball. Some of those look like they could have been catches and fumbles to me, Ty. And the, and the two for Winnipeg, those two plays, they changed the game because yeah. <laughs> the Adams one, he fumbles it out of bounds. They got the ball inside the five. And, of course, if the Big Hill ends up recovering that fumble on John White that was called incomplete, we got a different game here. This this game, couple plays, it could have went in Winnipeg's favor. And, I, I mean, that's not exactly how we thought Winnipeg would be winning games. We figured that they would be run heavy. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah, run, yeah. Run the ball down your throat. It sets up everything else. Uh, but, I mean... With you know Darwin Adams out for the first couple weeks, it, and Andrew Harris. Let's be honest, Andrew Harris has a big loss. Yeah, that O line's good, uh, but I think you know they don't abandon the run as quick if they have Andrew Harris back there, opposed to Brady Oliveira. They were able to keep it close. Like I mean, they came back there before half, or I think it was in the third quarter. They they got within a score, mm-hmm. and like you said, just a couple plays that that makes that big of a difference. And and you know in the grand scheme of things, one or two plays, yeah, it doesn't really. Uh, considering when they happen, it's not like that's the last play of the game. Uh, yeah. But if you're going to put yourself in those, if you're going to put yourself in that position where you're not finishing and, and you're not making the plays when you have the chance, then yeah, those one or two plays are going to really stand out. Couple missed field goals from Tyler Krapinia as well. Mm-hmm. One from 37, one from 47. Uh, but uh, the the thought after this game is that uh, Winnipeg's receivers struggling a little bit. Lawler had 61 yards leading the team again there, including a beauty catch, but some other players in that receiving core struggled in this one. Toronto beat Winnipeg up on the mm-hmm. line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. It, it seemed every time I got back in the truck that they were getting they were they were getting to Zach Claros. It, I'm like, yeah. is this is this a replay? <laughs> they were they were getting to him. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, John White has, you know, the 100-yard game last week. This week, mm-hmm. DJ Foster makes his CFL debut. Ten carries, 101 yards, including a 39-yarder. Had a touchdown there as well. I mean, yeah. you compare that to Winnipeg, whose longest rush on the day was six yards. Oh, man. Toronto beat up the Bombers, and that includes the last drive when the Bombers, they again, they had another chance to get the ball back and maybe make this game interesting, but Toronto just ran at them. Winnipeg had to yep. know they were running at them, and they couldn't stop it. Which is weird with Jeff Coat and Willie Jefferson. Like, and yeah. it's just not something that you think is going to happen. But the and offensive Hill, line was yep. able to... Offensive line was able to do their job, and and DJ Foster, John White, like the the running backs were able to to run the ball right at him and seal the game, and and they, you know they just took a page right out of the Bombers' playbook and shoved it right down their throat. And it's funny because if Jeffcoat doesn't uh, uh, force a fumble on Nick Arbuckle from behind, force the fumble, mm-hmm. Jesse Briggs returns it for a touchdown, then yeah. <laughs> the, yep. the game is. So the the plays went in uh, Winnipeg. They made their plays to keep it within reach as well. And they were also, they'll tell you they weren't physical enough, but that hit in Devaris Daniels, downright scary. Uh, Daniels had Mm -hmm. seven catches, 100 yards, a beautiful touchdown, and it's like the first play in the second half. Brandon Alexander, he didn't even play the ball there at all. He he went for nope. the body, and it looked like he was intending to yep. to hurt. That, quite frankly, yeah. Um, they were not happy on the radio broadcast. Obviously, uh, I was able to watch it, and yeah, it's not it's not good. Uh, that's got to be a fine. I I don't think that I don't even think that's up for debate. Right? Like I don't I don't even yeah. understand how the referees miss it in the first place, where it had to be reviewed. But at the same time, like that, there's no need for that. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, looking back, ejection, yeah, probably you could argue that. But I, I, there's no way he doesn't get fined. I mean, guys are getting mm-hmm. fined for having the wrong color socks or whatever it was there. La- or no, the mask thing last Wearing week. Wearing the mask wrong. <laughs> incorrectly, right? They got nap for that. Like, there's no way you don't, there's no way you're not getting tagged for yeah. this one. Exactly. 
We've seen guys get fined in the Grey Cup for having one sock too low. Yeah. Like, yeah. what are we doing? <laughs> Next thing you know, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna find James Wilder Jr. for not having a jersey that fits. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Bombers were able to get to Arbuckle. Um, mm-hmm. They hit him Which a lot. Which is a surprise. Was, yeah, four sacks. Uh, he did put the ball on the ground a couple times. But overall, if I'm an Argo fan, I'm happy with how things mm-hmm. are looking. Uh, Arbuckle, 23 of 32, over 300 yards. He had the touchdown. He's got uh, chemistry with his former Calgary receivers in Devaris Daniels. Yeah. Eric Rogers, five catches, 69 yards. Let's say it together. Nice. Nice. Uh, nice. So <laughs> Arbuckle off to a good start as uh, the quarterback mm-hmm. of the Toronto Argonauts. If I'm Ottawa or a fan of Ottawa, I- I'm thinking, why'd we let this guy go? <laughs> oh, because, Marshall, <laughs> man, MD is a terrible GM. That, that's Yeah, that's great. You know, make the great you know, team comes in they, the first year, whatever. Second year, they make it to the Great Cup. They win one. You know, they've been they've been pretty good, but he's i it i I don't know it it's stupid yeah i don't know when we get to the when we get to the auto saskatchewan game i I have a question before you start okay start recapping the game when we get there i i think the time of possession in this game really tells the story and it's kind of like how was this game a six-point game after the first quarter (laughs) <laughs> the Argos had the ball for 11 minutes and 35 seconds. And it was then that I knew that my bet was pooched. They had it for over nine minutes in the second quarter, over 10 yeah. minutes in the third quarter, and uh, over eight minutes in the fourth quarter. That if, was if for a that, game like, from If it's Toronto. not for that defensive touchdown by the Bombers. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, the fact that... They scored so. Well, let's call it twenty points in what twenty minutes? A point per minute, yeah. not bad. <laughs> not great when you only get the ball for twenty minutes, but not bad. <laughs> um, there were over ninety eight hundred fans in attendance, and I know some people say it's embarrassing. It was a loud group at uh, yep. BMO Field, and and they could only have they could only have what ten thousand. I think so. 15 or something like that. And and single yeah. game tickets went on sale like 10 days before the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so if the Argos keep coming out and playing football like this, I, I have faith they'll be able to get more yeah. problem. Maybe not this year because of the restrictions. Hopefully next year. If they can get a consistent 20 at BMO Field, I think they'll be yeah. a loud group because they sound good on TV yeah. the way it is. They just have to shut up when their team has the ball. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why they started making noise on offense. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. But okay, what's your question about the the Ryder Red Blacks game? If I told you that a quarterback went nineteen of twenty four for one hundred and seventy six yards and an interception, who would who would I be talking about? No, like there's only one guy, right? <laughs> yeah, there's there is only one guy that would have that <laughs> high of a completion percentage. Why? Why is he your starter? I'm not, and I'm not saying that it should be Dom Davis. I will never say that. I was going to say your boy got in for a couple snaps there. He did. He did. But <laughs> you had Nick Arbuckle. Like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. 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 Like, 1924, that's great. But at, for 176 yards, get, get that garbage out of here. I would love, love to be a fly on the wall for those conversations between Arbuckle and Desjardins. Like, what happened? Oh, my God. He probably what took one look happened? at the receivers and he's like, trade me right now or release me. Well, Get me out of here because this is a joke. <laughs> well, your backup running back is a kick returner. Travis, what is what is the Ottawa offense probably got is set up for this year, this season? Running the football. Uh, I don't know. Praying not run- to uh, yes, turn the but, ball I mean, over. <laughs> yeah, so ball, secu- ball security, right? you got to run the football. Yeah, yeah. They dress one running back. 
Luke Mullender even said it. Yeah, this is this is head coach material out in Ottawa. Like, like, how are what? they not focused on just running the ball? You know. Well, man, it, it's a dumpster fire, and yeah, people can say I hate them, and and but I crap on every team when they do something stupid. That was stupid. Uh, you know, dress three fullbacks and one true running back, and then expect to <laughs> lean on the run. Like that's that's not going to work. Devonte Deadman, uh, he mm-hmm. he comes in after after Timothy Flanders gets hurt. I mean, he had over six <laughs> yards of carry and he had a touchdown. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe they yeah, know more okay. than we do. But oh, um, don't no, don't give them that much credit. <laughs> <laughs> it How was a 23-10 win for the Rough Riders. Apparently, before the game, Gainer the Gopher trapped in an elevator at uh, New Mosaic Stadium. Like, what is this? Taylor Field? <laughs> <laughs> Man. Like, I don't think that Like, I would be that upset to not see Gainer, but... <laughs> I mean, now, now the jokes where's are just going to write themselves. <laughs> yeah. Where's Gaynor? Stuck in an mm-hmm. elevator. Like, wow. Uh, yeah. Now, if Brian Hall would get stuck in an elevator, that would <laughs> that would just be the best. Uh, RJ Harris had a five catches, 101 yards, including a beautiful 42-yard mm-hmm. catch for Ottawa. Probably a candidate for uh, catch of the year. And then he was on uh, a special teams duty. He ended up getting rolled up on, left the field limping. He was able to get back into the game there. I mean, if they lose R.J. Harris. uh, (laughs) They've already lost their quote-unquote number one running back in this game. Uh, If R.J. Harris goes down, I don't understand how they score points. <laughs> well, you gotta. Yeah, great. The defense. I guess. I guess you just hope that Devonte Deadman is your new starting running back. What What are we doing here? I don't get it. We gotta hope that uh, the defense can score points. I mean, yeah. if we add a point for every Avery Williams tackle, oh, they would still lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Avery Williams yeah. nine tackles on that defense. Mm-hmm. And this is a defense that can, is going to hit hard. They're going to play super physical. Uh, you know, they're yeah. going to they're going to rally to the football. But I mean, they just don't have the offense to to stick with basically anybody in this league right now. Any team, maybe maybe Winnipeg, where you know the two defenses are just going to slug it out. But I still think Winnipeg has better weapons in the rece- especially receiving core. And you know, once Harris is healthy. I mean, I don't think there's a better running back, either aided or unaided, uh, in the league right now. I mean, you look at their rushing defense in Ottawa. William Powell had mm-hmm. ten carries for twenty yards. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just let's abandon the run with one of the best running backs in the league. Just give it to him ten times. I think just let Cody Fajardo do it. <laughs> yeah, until he gets hurt. <laughs> Maybe like we yeah. like we said, he probably plays better hurt. Yeah, well, he had nine carries himself, forty-seven yards. Yeah. Um, but what a passing game for Cody Fajardo, and what a run the Riders are on right now. He went thirty of thirty-five, three hundred and twenty-one yards. The Riders have now won ten in a row at Mosaic Stadium. The last yep. seventeen regular season games for the Rough Riders brings fifteen wins. They are mm-hmm. on quite the run right now. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> well, I mean, what is happening right now? There were there were a lot of losses on the the Rough Rider defense. I was worried about it, but defensive mm-hmm. end Jonathan Woodert looks great. He had two sacks in this one. Garrett Marino had two sacks. Uh, Dion Lacey is looking great at middle linebacker. Yep. Seven tackles there. Micah Tights had eight tackles. Ed Ganey, even though Glenn Suter just ripped him in, uh, yep. <laughs> in but, the no, commentary. Glenn Suter wouldn't do that. He's such a, he's such a rider homer. He'd never do that. 
<laughs> Man, he basically said he was lazy for training camp. He had a veteran camp, but Ganey had the big interception that uh, sealed it for the Riders <laughs> late in the game. The defensive line was all over mm-hmm. Matt Nichols in this one. They they sacked him, what, seven times? I mean... <laughs> Not a good look for the old line in Ottawa. Not a good look at all. At the same time, I would not want to get in between Natai Rogers and Micah Johnson. That was uh, no. <laughs> the, the, You'd have a death wish if you're that official. No, <laughs> no. Props to those like a, guys. That's like a rodeo clown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, no, two bulls no. just. <laughs> no, no. Why? You can't get paid that much. <laughs> Uh, Ottawa, I mean, if it weren't for, what, 30 yards in rider penalties on that one drive, do, do they even get no. a touchdown? I don't know if they do. I don't I don't know. I don't even know if they get a field goal. <laughs> and as far as rider receivers go, Kyron Moore had nine catches for 48 yards, so it was a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of under... Underneath routes. Yeah, exactly. And he there added forty five uh, return yards. Yeah, there there was the uh the zone defense that uh Fajardo mm-hmm. was working with. He was working with yep. what the defense was giving him. Um but I think the surprising performance of the night Braden Linnaeus, another nice one, sixty seven ret- uh receiving yards, but uh Kean Schaefer Baker. Do you know what his do you know what Linnaeus's catch percentage is right now? What's he at? 100. Every single target he's caught? I don't believe he's dropped one yet. I will double check, but I am very, very confident in that. Wow. And Keen Schaefer Baker, the Canadian, gets in here. Mm -hmm. Four catches, 64 yards. Paul McRoberts, his first CFL start. Four catches, 42 yards. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I slept on the riders, man. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> uh, who's first in the West? Where did we pick them? <laughs> oh, yeah. Whoops. I'd say Cody Fajardo earned the corn dogs after the game, which, by the way, looked to be uh, my uncle and aunt's corn dog booth. Unreal. I love I love I love a good corn dog. Oh, those corn dogs are next level too. I tell yeah. you that. Oh, okay, so, so week one, Braden Lenius, three for three for twenty five. Five in week two, five for five for sixty two. This week, three for three for sixty seven. He has not wow. dropped a pass yet. <laughs> so he's going O for next week, obvious, or in week five. <laughs> Because we brought, because I brought it up like an idiot, and we love uh, the old big man play, Logan Furland on the offensive line, uh, the deflection, mm-hmm. the catch, the four yard gain, uh, yep, a stick tap to Logan Furland on the <laughs> offensive line. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Riders going into the bye week and uh, they're flying high. I, I know they're going to be excited yep. to be back on the field. Labor Day weekend against uh, Calgary. I had another fantasy loss in the Canadian Football Podcast Network Mm. Fantasy Challenge. Okay, so I lost my last two weeks by about 10 points combined. I lost by 4.6 to Ryan from the Canadian Football Countdown. That's 0-3 on the season. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. (laughs) So, like, when I send the link out with all of the the stats for like, yeah. you know, the week coming up and what guys do against that team that they're playing. You don't look at those. Yeah, I do. Do you, but use I, them? I just don't listen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was just checking. I was just checking. Who were this week's big performers? Ty? <laughs> Um, we had a QB, so Fajardo, Arbuckle, Vernon Adams Jr., uh, 23 and a half, 23 and 22.9. So they're all really close. Uh, some really good games. 
Uh, Kadeem Carey, 22.1. James Wilder Jr., 20 points. Uh, both in my lineup this week. DJ Foster out of nowhere with 19.4. Uh, touchdown Jake led the way uh, for Montreal with 24.6 on the wide receiver side. Ellingson with 23.8 and DeVaris Daniels at 23. And I believe the Winnipeg defense might have been the highest scoring, but I'd have to check that. Ty's got uh, the stats for basically anyone that touched the ball up on uh, toandout.ca. Except for Frankie Williams and any DB, any other DB that returns balls because you can't pick them and pick them, so oh. screw them. Oh, yeah. Okay. Toandout.ca to read all the <laughs> fantasy stats. <laughs> it, was, it was a fun week three, and as we get – it's crazy. This week and then Labor Day? I mean – I don't know. I, I like this 14-game And then season. a week off for Brazilian tie? Uh-oh. Like, the whole week? Oh, yeah. Or just one show? I don't have to work. So <laughs> it might be a show or two. We'll see. <laughs> I make I make no guarantees. <laughs> this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Park Power. They're your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and they've got the profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you switch providers, nothing changes about the delivery of these utilities to your home or business. They're not going to Switch it off on you. Uh, if you have an existing contract, you're going to want to find out the terms before leaving. If you don't, sign up for Park Power. Actually, <laughs> I got to be honest, I was just getting hammered like a lot of Albertans are with uh, the power rates and uh, the heat wave this summer. I went mm-hmm. to parkpower.ca. Totally worth it, though. I, yeah. <laughs> I locked in on my uh, fixed rate. I'm locked in for the next year. Power bill drops significantly. I'm very happy about that. You can learn more about getting in with Park Power at parkpower.ca. And yes, I will spend about $800 a month if I have air conditioning. It is worth it, Ty. Speaking of power bills, SAS Power owes me like 300 bucks. So, I... <laughs> and Don't you keep your place at like 14 degrees? <laughs> 17 and a half. That's what the heat wow. is set at. The heat is set at 17 and a half. The AC, when I'm not home, is set at 32, which is as high as I can put it. 32. Has when it ever reached home. there? No. Okay. That's because th- this year it's been hot. If my AC kicked on at 32, you know how mad I would be when I'm, <laughs> I'm not even home? Before we go, the Blue Bombers outscored each one of my... The Blue Bombers defense outscored each one of my wide receivers and my flex position. And I, s- <laughs> I still had 110 points. I'm going to try and pick uh, the best defense next week. That might help me. <laughs> I think Montreal what? plays, or uh, who plays Ottawa? Ooh, that might be juicy. Yeah, unlike the steak I had for supper last night. <laughs> We'll be back on Thursday. Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. Have a great few days. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.